Imagine a world where you have more leads and sales than you can handle. A world where your marketing and sales are automated so you can focus on the things you love doing. This is the world that the Lead Machine Growth Show and Bob Sparkins can help you create. Bob is a lead generation expert and the manager of partnerships and education at Lead Pages. He's helped thousands of businesses generate more leads and sales throughout his work at Lead Pages, his speaking engagements, and his courses. In this episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show, Bob is going to share his top tips for generating more leads and sales and teach you about how to pick the right kind of lead magnet, turn your social media following into a marketing asset, create high converting landing pages, and use AI to boost your lead generation, your lead gen authentic, authentically, yes. So if you're serious about growing your business and you don't want to miss this episode, so grab a notebook and a pen and a paper and your favorite beverage and get ready to learn from one of the best in the business. This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you struggling to get leads from your lead magnet? Are you tired of seeing low conversion rates and losing potential customers? It's time to revive your lead magnet and start attracting more leads. Download our free report, 10 Deadly Lead Magnet Mistakes That Are Costing You Leads, and learn how to create a high-converting lead magnet that engages your audience and drives conversions. Don't let common mistakes hold you back any longer. Revive your lead magnet today and download your free report at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash deadly. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. So welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show. I'm Paul Guyon, your host, Lead Machine Coach, and the founder of the Lead Machine Mastermind Group. I'm dedicated to helping you tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. And so whether you're just starting out or looking to take your business to the next level, let's get this conversation started. As the manager of partnerships and education at Lead Pages, Bob Sparkins champions the customers to, uh, of the top landing page and website building conversion platform uh, out there in the world here and the audiences they serve. A former high school history teacher and academic team coach, would that be Science Olympiad, Bob? Uh, it's it's academic in the Washington Baltimore area. Okay, all right. Bob has taught business owners around the world how to leverage digital marketing to impact more people with less effort since 2006. He's the author of Take Action, Revise Later, which I love that title. And he lives in Bloomington, Minnesota with his wife, Therese, and their amusing, amusing and amazing kids, Kira and Landon. Connect with Bob on the social channels via at Bob the Teacher. So let's give a big lead machine welcome to Bob Sparkins. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Paul, for having me on the show. Can't wait to get into it. Yeah, me too. Uh, we've known each other uh, 
online. We, we I don't know if we've ever interacted. I think probably through one of your courses a long, long time ago. Um, so how has your, your history teaching school experience helped you uh, with teaching entrepreneurs how to get leads online? Yeah. You know, part of it is the ability to create a curriculum, you know, being able yeah. to lesson plan, being able to envision starting from knowing nothing to a, a achievement benchmark uh -huh. or whatever, and then making some plan of attack for that. Uh, part of it is just the patience dealing <laughs> with students uh, who may or may not be uh, really apt to learn something as quickly as maybe somebody else might and be able to like uh, treat folks independently based on their learning style, based on their um, foundational information that they may have. Uh, and part of it is just getting that bigger perspective, right? As a history teacher, I have that opportunity to see something now and then the future and relate to something in the past and then tie them together. And nowadays, as I'm working with our clients at Lead Pages, I can ask better questions to really get them the answers that they're really looking for instead of what they might first volunteer uh, to request. Yeah. So you can see that bigger picture, which is super important. I've been in IT uh, for 40 plus years and uh, have, I don't have a, a teaching degree, but I certainly have had to develop patience, although I'm, I'm not very patient when it comes to uh, <laughs> wanting instant gratification on certain things. But uh, yeah, working with people and seeing them, uh, those light bulbs come on and uh, getting starting to get the results from the things that you've been teaching them is is super gratifying too, you know, and so uh, so yeah, I can absolutely. I can relate. Yeah, and yeah, then and I, I also I'd say that one of the things I learned as a teacher, I was also a student teacher mentor, and uh -huh. whether it was my student teachers or kids. I was really gratified by seeing the success of those students going beyond whatever I had achieved personally and not yeah. take it personally. Uh, so with business coaching as well, I'm sure you have the same kind of thing. You have <laughs> had success, but you also get this gratification from seeing other people succeed in their own pathway and be a small part of that uh, along their journey. Yeah. And you make a good point. Last night I was in my private mastermind group and one of my, uh, my clients said, oh, by the way, Paul, I have to give you some kudos. And I, and I said, I didn't do anything. What did you do? <laughs> and, and one of her colleagues said, hey, I'm trying to, to put together this uh, book club. And she said, oh, I can help you with that. And she she put together the opt-in page, the landing pages, the lead magnets, and and all the back-end stuff so that she could set up and be be communicating with her audience, and which her 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 colleague didn't know how to do any of that. But I'm going, wait, hey, I could have helped you do that. But she did it herself. And that's the cool thing is that she was able to take what we've learned and uh, make it her own and say, got the confidence to say, do it for someone else. And that's that's even cooler, that that uh, that sharing of, of that knowledge. So that's really cool. So uh, we're talking about lead generation. And uh, a lot of times you'll see someone on their website, they'll have sign up to my newsletter, which really isn't a compelling thing to do because used to be really cool back in the nineties, mid nineties when, Oh, I got an email. Now we're going, Oh, I got an email. And so uh, the lead magnet is the thing that attracts people to, to, to give you their email. So uh, what should someone who's creating their first lead magnet uh, be thinking about? Yeah. Well, first I'm not opposed to somebody saying sign up to my newsletter. If that's all you have, 
right? Yeah. Like start now, uh-huh. take action, revise later, right? <laughs> start now with something and say, uh, Hey, gotcha. I'd love to send you some tips, sign up, put the box up, get your page up and running. But yes, as quickly as possible, let's get a traditional lead magnet together because yeah. you're right. People don't want to just sign up for more email in their inbox. We are seeing a trend in more newsletters coming up, but those newsletters yeah. that you're seeing, especially from some of the, like the LinkedIn experts and so forth, they spend a lot of time crafting a very compelling newsletter in order to get it opened week after week. And if you're not a real strong writer and you're not going to write every three or four days, then newsletters just aren't going to be that appealing to your audience. So instead, what we encourage what we see people uh, achieve really great conversion rates from are simple, concise, easy to consume lead magnets that provide a first step in solving a bigger problem. So whether that's a checklist or a template or some kind of a, of a worksheet or guide, a resource guide, something that you can put together in an early, a, a short afternoon, have it up and running on a landing page uh, the same day, and then be getting leads by this time tomorrow. That's the kind of lead magnet that I'm talking about. And you can right. always create a second lead magnet and a fifth and a 10th and a 20th. We can talk more about what you should do for that in a moment. But the idea is that you want something that is the first step in solving a challenge. It's not just something for the heck of giving away something for an email, but it's the first step. And there's a reason for that that we'll talk about, I'm sure, here in a minute. Yeah. And 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 so when you say it's the first step in solving a problem, then you obviously need to know who your audience is and who you want to attract and what solve what kind of problems that you can solve for them. And you have a a next step after that, right? Exactly. And that's where that's where that next lead magnet comes in. Uh, that's where your sale comes in, honestly. Yeah. We kind of reverse engineer it, right? So I know right. some of you listening, you might be brand new to this. And mm-hmm. some of you have been doing this for a decade or more like Paul and me. So yeah. for those of you that are pretty new, uh, you may not have the thing for sale yet. But for those of you that have a good idea of like, what are you actually going to charge money for? The ideal thing you want to do first is think, what are you trying to sell? Who are you trying to sell it to? What do they think they need to solve? And what's the first step to getting them to that point? Because what I've found, and I'm sure you've seen this too, Paul, is the experts that we see, they have that curse of knowledge, right? They know all the things that somebody might need to solve a problem in their life. So you can, you know, A to Z, but the person who has the challenge, who's up at night thinking about and stewing about this thing, they think they need to solve this one thing first. And so your lead magnet is to address that specific thing and give them enough to get momentum, not to solve it completely, because then they have this false sense of solution that yeah. really doesn't work. And you're not going to get paid for that, yeah. but it's a sense of momentum towards being able to achieve the outcome they want. And your next step is what you're selling. So it's very important that your lead magnet be a step one to an obvious step two, which is to buy your service, or at least to talk to you uh, or interact with you in a course or something that is going to be monetarily rewarding for you as a business owner. Right. Right. And yeah, knowing that next, next step is, is super important. And a lot of times um, that next step could be a, a low value or a low dollar offer so that there's really very little resistance to to taking that next step, which is, I think the uh, Ryan Dice calls it a tripwire. I think other people would call it that too. Uh, so that you can, when someone first opts into your list and they know that you're going to solve that problem, uh, that's, that's really the peak of where their interest is in you at that point. And so yeah. that's when, that's the time when you really should offer them a next step. 
Yeah. Right. It's there's no shame in saying I have something for sale. The yeah. challenge people run into, this is we call it a thank you page offer, tripwire offer, self-liquidating mm-hmm. offer if you are running ads to it. There's a lot of yeah. other different things that you'll hear it from. Um, but this idea of yes, opt-in, thank you page, buy something. The challenge people run into is if the buy something seems like it's what I just signed up for for free. Right. And then it's a bait and switch kind of thing. But if you can say, Hey, look, I've got the thing you asked for. It's going to really help you out. It's going to help you do this. You're going to probably find that you also want to do this. Here's what my offer can do for you and why I'm offering it to you right now. And we also like to encourage those thank you page offers to, to speak to the speed at which you can solve the problem and not have to do it on your own. That's where I think people can bridge that gap with communication and have a very effective uh, thank you page offer that converts quite well. And even if 10% of the people who get to that page buy, that's a really good starting point to generating some revenue uh, in your business, testing out some ideas and fueling perhaps an ad campaign to grow even faster. Right. And and knowing knowing, uh, how many people are coming into there and if you are getting sales, then you can, you can, like you said, had mentioned that self-liquidating offer. That's the whole idea behind a tripwire or a thank you page offer is so that you can run ads and pay for themselves, which was, exactly. then you're, then you start playing the game as well. How much can I pay? How, how, how many, uh, you know, hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars can I put into this thing? Because I got a, a funnel that's working. Exactly. Uh, and, and that leads me, there's a couple of things that we could branch from there. Um, uh, a lot of times the uh, the business owner really doesn't know either they're going to try to solve everything in that lead magnet or they don't really know how to to splice it up so that they have that that complementary first and next step how how do you how would you go about about uh, solving that problem bob yeah so everything's a test right so you're mm-hmm. not going to get it right perfectly the first time. So don't feel petrified or paralyzed to have to do it the same, the exact way it's going to be, because it might take you 10 iterations to get it the way it's a well-oiled machine, right? That's the philosophy behind take action revise later. Right. So what I encourage you to do is just think about that set of questions I asked before, who are you trying to sell to? What are they dealing with? And what's the first step they think they need and what's an easy way for you to go about doing it. So I'll give you an example. My wife is an executive coach. She does leadership development, personal retreats and stuff like that for executives. And the people that she can help are people who want to get better communication with their teams. They might want a promotion. They might be new in their role as a senior leader. There's a lot of different ways she could go about making a lead magnet. Mm -hmm. The thing that people often think that they need is the ability to stand out from uh, applications for promotions and things of that nature. And so one step they might think that they need is how can I get promoted? Well, how can I get better seen? Well, maybe I need a better LinkedIn profile. Maybe I need a better resume. Um, There's a few different things like that. That's a step one. The real thing she wants to do is help people get the mindset and the communication skills and all these things to become better leaders, but they don't know they need all that yet. And if you tell them Mm -hmm. they need all that, they're going to feel overwhelmed and they're not going to listen to you, right? They're going to feel like you're trying to beat them down. So instead you say, Hey, look, you want to get promoted. You want to be in that leadership position. Then here's the first step. And here's a checklist of making sure this is what you have in your LinkedIn profile as an example. Um, So that's where you start to think, well, 
I can break this down into pieces. Again, think like a teacher, think like a teacher that has a four week lesson plan for a unit. But during that first week or even first few days, what's the first foundational thing that they need to be able to move forward? Um, another example yeah. would, would be somebody who's in the fitness world and they want people to get into their six month boot camp where they're helping them lose some weight, gain muscle, whatever they're doing, get better health. But the, what the person thinks is like, I just don't want to feel like crap every day after I eat. So what are, what's my grocery list that I can buy this week in order for me to feel better, just have more energy. Uh, the yeah. rest of the stuff can come later. And so your lead magnet is here's the 10 things to put in your pantry this week for more energy or the 20 things to put in your pantry this week. So that's yeah. the kind of thing I'm talking about where you could tell them all the things. And if you did great, but does it pay the bills? <laughs> does it get them to feel like they need more from you? Or does it feel like they walk away knowing everything that they need to know? And that's really where the the balance needs to be. You don't want to shy away from giving people as much value as you can, but you don't want to give them that false sense of solution where they don't feel like they need to keep moving forward with you. You want them to find value. You don't want that bait and switch, but you want them to be able to be in momentum. Right. So the, the technology behind it all is, is almost, is definitely secondary to solving that problem first yeah. and, and knowing that. And a lot of times if you've already have an offer, it's pretty easy, easy, easy to figure that out. Uh, like you said, go go for the foundational first step things, and that uh, that's a great starting point. I yeah. like the idea of that. The uh, take action, revise later, or it, what I call rinse and repeat, uh, yeah. or or I call it uh, incremental action, which is part has uh, that rinse and repeat part of it because you've got to iterate through it and, and improve it as you go, and exactly. so you won't know, but you won't know until you start. Right. That's right. And also have that confidence and in, in permission for this not to be your only lead magnet ever, first of all. And it's yeah. also not your only communication with this person, right? The whole point of a lead magnet, instead of going straight to a sale, is that they get on your email list so that you can mm -hmm. communicate to them. You drive them to social media so you can get more interactive with them. You get them involved in your community because at the end of the day, even if you're doing things really well, 80% of people probably are not going to buy from you in the first 24 hours of meeting you, right? Probably 95% of people aren't going to buy from you. So you're right. going to have to trust that the lead magnet and additional communication, thank you page, follow-up emails, webinars, going live on social, whatever, there's going to be this nurturing campaign that needs to happen in order for them to actually want to buy from you. And hopefully they do that in a compressed time frame so that you can you know, really grow fast. Yeah. But they can't do that if you don't have a bigger picture framework for what you're trying to accomplish with your lead generation efforts. Right. And you talked to, you mentioned um, the follow-up. So there is life after that attempt to make the first sale. So what, can you talk a little bit about the welcome email and what comes next after they, they, uh, they, they consume, or, or at least they download your lead magnet. There's the next step. Yeah. That, I, I love process. this. Because there's a lot of science to it, but there's also just a lot of human touch to it, yeah. right? Uh -huh. And that's one of the things we love focusing on lead pages is the actual humanity that we have and not just rely on uh, technology completely. Mm -hmm. So you, you see the thank you page, but at the same time, technically, you receive that first email. We do recommend that you don't include the downloadable thing on the thank you page. We encourage you to put on the thank you page, go check your inbox for the thing you asked for. And the reason we want you to do that is because the email services want to see a signal that your email is wanted. 
So the right. first email they receive from you likely will be in a promotions tab or in a spam folder even. Uh, uh -huh. depending on who they're using, right? Some systems are more restrictive than others. Yeah. And so it's important for them to get that first email. And within a minute or two, if they open that email and in the email, you ask them, Hey, move me to the primary tab, move me to your starred, whatever it's called in your system. That's a signal to the email system that they're using. The next time you email them, you'll show up in the right place. And if you get enough users doing that, it also sort of tells the overall bigger picture of Gmail, Hotmail, whatever other systems there are, yeah. that your email is not just garbage, which is really important for your deliverability rates and all that stuff that's technical. You don't need to know all the science behind it, <laughs> but it is a thing. So it's important for you to say, go get my thing. Even if you do decide because you're a nice person, everybody's a nice person, but if you really want to be nice and give the download away on your thank you page, Tell people there's extra goodies in the email that you sent to them so that you are encouraging them to go check it out and even go so far on your thank you page as to show a picture of how oh. they can click your email. What's the subject line going to be, how they can click it and move it to their, their inbox. Cause that delivery over time is really, really important. So before we get into the content of the email itself, I wanted to stress that because this is yeah. one of those things that people usually don't talk about. They usually don't figure it out until they're three or four years into their business. And then they're like, why isn't people responding to my stuff? Because <laughs> they're not seeing your emails. So you've right. got to do these tricks to make it more likely. Um, so I want to talk about the emails as well, but any questions or thoughts on that before I do so? Um, yeah. Well, on the thank you page, I like the idea of um, giving them more than your, some, some autoresponders will say, Thanks for opting in. And there's just one message in there. It doesn't tell them anything. doesn't tell them where to go. It's a generic message that's built in that's meant to be changed. And you want to tell them what's, thank them, first of all, tell them what's next and show them how to do it. I, you know, I hadn't thought of that, but I have seen that before. Uh, one thing that I do in the in the um, sign-up email is I, I ask the, the subscriber to reply and say, yep, I mm -hmm. got it. Yeah. And so that's another signal. Uh, uh, that uh, the the whole move it from here to there that seems a little bit more complex, but if if you show them how in an image that uh, that makes a lot of sense. I like yeah. that. Yeah, and it doesn't mean they'll all do it. <laughs> it just means yeah. that you'll get incremental improvement uh, because some of them will do it. But this idea, yes, of of asking for the reply, it's another good trick to yeah. uh, to get that engagement going and reply back to the reply, right? So don't just have them reply to a black hole. Uh, it's not yeah. just for your benefit. It's to theirs as well, especially when you're on that, where your list is under a thousand people um, stage, you can still have time to reply to those folks. Um, and as you yeah. grow, if you are an assistant can do that, uh, even if it's just a thanks for letting me know, uh, kind of something quick that can be super valuable to the relationship you're building. Well, that, that's a step in creating the relationship right there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what what about the content of the of the email? I'm interested. <laughs> yeah. So the content should actually be two things at the same time. Actually, three things. So one is building that relationship so that you get that no like and trust factor. I'm sure everybody listening has heard of that kind of idea. Yeah. So being able to introduce yourself a little bit, well, bragging, but like sharing some credibility, sharing why you do what you do, who you've helped, how you help people, et cetera. That's number one. Number two is you got to get them to consume what they asked for, right? right? So repeat the thing to download, even in message two and three, like continue mm -hmm. sending the link out. Hey, if you didn't get a chance to read the, the the PDF or fill out your checklist, here's a link to it again. 
don't assume that people saw the first email in the beginning anyway, or that they were able to take the time to do what they wanted to do with that lead magnet. So your first two or three messages should incorporate both relationship building, credibility, as well as consumption of the thing that they're trying to do. And then the third thing, I know I gave you three, but I was that's really incorporated in two. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the third main thing is what's that bridge to the next step that's a sale? Yeah, whether it's a small mini course or it's a, a call with you for consultation, sales call type of thing, whatever it happens to be, you should be including in that at least second and third message, if not a PS in the first, yeah. uh, at least in the second and third messages, you should start warming people up to this idea that this is just the beginning, and I can help you get to where you want to go faster with X program or X course or um, let's get on a call and figure out what your goals are. Yeah, I like the idea of of, of the speed, speed of implementation. That's, yeah. a, that's a good point. Uh, what I like to do with my follow-up emails is to help them consume is, is to uh, actually take some of the tips that are in that uh, and tell them that they're in there. And yeah. uh, I've seen some marketers say it's on page 22. Uh, sure. You can find this secret on that. Those usually are for eBooks. Yep. Uh, but sharing the tip in the email and saying, here, go check out the rest of the story, uh, which is uh, a good way of doing it. Uh, I think that way they can, they, they, uh, they're reminded again, why they, because a lot of times those bullet points are, uh, that you have are on your landing page. Those are the tips that are inside that, that thing that you're, that you're selling. So uh, that will remind them why, gosh, I got this mail, mail from Bob. What was it that I got again? So that'll help remind them. So, so what's next? Yeah. So when you're doing those tips, assume that you want them to to consume what you're talking about from the lead magnet itself. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll talk about the lead magnet content in a minute, but there's nothing wrong with you, including the same exact content from the lead magnet in the emails. So you mentioned, right. Hey, yeah. find this thing on page 40, but you can also just tell them in the email, Hey, on page 40, I told you about the story that blah, 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 blah. And it's yeah. the same exact tip and takeaway. And then you might say, you know, you can find the next uh, tip here, but it can also be, you know, so this might lead you to have this question, or this might lead you to um, solve that challenge, but now a new one has surfaced. And here's how we treat that or deal with that. Let's get on a call together, or right. I've got this course for you. So again, it's bridging the gap. You're opening um, a loop there. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. And after the first four messages, that you're sending, which should come out within a week of them initially signing up. So this is not once a week for seven weeks. We're talking right. day one, they get or day zero. We call it usually in email marketing. Day zero uh -huh. when they sign up. Day one is a follow up. Day three, day five, you're you're maybe doing a 24 to 48 hour window of of response um, back and forth. Hopefully back and forth because you are asking them questions. Hopefully, um, yeah. you should also be asking them to sign up to your community on Facebook or to um, connect with you on LinkedIn or Instagram or wherever you spend your primary social time. Some folks will already have been there first and then have come over, but you don't want to just rely on email. You certainly don't want to just rely on social. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you want them to get to know you, right? And to get to know all the aspects of what you do and see that they're not the only one paying attention to you. And you can't do that just via email. You can do that with them seeing, hey, there's five people that liked this post from them, or there's four comments on this Instagram or whatever. So being able to incorporate them into your general world uh, is, is important in those first few messages as well. Um, and then have a routine where you likely are going to have a newsletter, like a broadcast that you send out to everybody that's not part of an automated sequence. We're talking about an automated sequence right now. Yeah. 
but understand that you're likely going to send out twice a month or once a month, hopefully more than, more than that. But (laughs) at least that over time, after they went through this initial welcome sequence, that they'll be included in that newsletter-ish sort of uh, setup. And then just think to yourself, what else can I send them on day 30 automatically, day 45 automatically, day 90 automatically, day 180, day 400? Like you can plan out an automated sequence that goes out way beyond just this first seven days. And if you're using the right kind of email system that can move people from one list to another based on if they became a customer or not, it's called marketing automation, then if they still haven't solved a problem on day 180, so six months in, an email there can say, hey, it's been six months since we first started chatting. Are you any closer to your goals with whatever the problem in that lead magnet was about? If not, maybe now's the time to finally get in gear and I can help you and so forth. Because there will be this sales cycle for some people that they buy on the thank you page and that'll be five, 10%. And then another 20% are going to buy in that first week who are going to ultimately buy. And then another 20% in the first month, but then there's still going to be another 25, 30% of people who will buy from you eventually who buy after six months. And so it's important for you to think about not right away. You don't have to do it immediately, but as soon as you have, as soon as, uh, let me rephrase that after you've done these initial pieces in the take yeah. action, revise later sort of th- thought process, mm-hmm. as you have the opportunity, go in and make a six month email, make a nine month, make a 12 month, make a one year email, et cetera. Because if you do that one time, you have this lovely marketing funnel that isn't just three pages on a website. It's also all this great communication that goes out automatically. And then right. just pay attention to it. And every couple of months, audit these communications, just make sure that they're seeing some results, see the open rates, see if people convert and then make adjustments along the way. And yeah, and with with marketing automation, once they do take that action that you want to, them to do, you can remove them from that cycle so that you you don't give them a, a give them a, a, a false uh, email a, a year down <laughs> the later when they're already in your in your camp. Um, right, that's that yeah. can be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. What about? Okay, so they've they've downloaded the email email uh the lead magnet and they're they're in this sequence um but what about the broadcast how do you set the expectation in the in that first couple of days that yep i'm also going to send you tips and tricks and whatever else to solve your problem do you do that uh, right from the get-go after they've gone through a couple of days or you know i'm thinking maybe maybe you should incorporate your welcome sequence in that first email to let mm. them know what else what else there's going to be send them off to your to, to connect with you on, in different places but um that's a question i often get so what about that timing so well i have this great welcome email but i've got the lead magnet what do i do and i think you combine them don't you what yeah. are your thoughts on that yeah, this is a really great question. And I, I think there's not a single perfect way, but, but there is some considerations you want to have. So the first and most important thing is your job as an email marketer for your business is to try to get someone to hire you or pay you to solve the challenge they're looking for, right? Yeah. And so that's the focus. For, for them, your focus is on providing value so that they want to keep coming back again and again, both as a reader of your emails, but also as a buyer of your products and services. So one of the things you want to avoid is overwhelming them with too many things to do at one time. So on your thank you page and in the first welcome message, you don't want to say, 
get the lead magnet, sign up to my newsletter, sign up to my, um, my Instagram or connect with me on LinkedIn or whatever, and join this Facebook group and do all these things. You want to pick one thing at a time and maybe in a PS, you can have uh, a little bit of a link to something else. But that being said, over the course of that week, you might say, Hey, I'm going to also be providing you some additional tips. Like for example, you can say in the second message, uh, after you've introduced yourself a little bit more, made sure they had their lead magnet, you can say, hey, in a few days, you likely will start receiving um, on ongoing tips from me. And some of those are pretty random of things I'm thinking about, things that I think would be helpful for you. Um, and you'll expect to see those every Thursday or something like that. I've, you know, The best email marketers tend to have a cadence that's regular, regular and routine. Yeah. But at the same time, you still want to say, if you know that you want to solve this challenge quickly, get on a call or buy this course or whatever. So you never want to make them feel like, hey, I want to introduce this idea that you're going to start getting regular emails from me, but that's not a cure for what you're seeing. It's going to help, but the fastest path is this other program. So that's that's gotcha. one main thing. Uh, the second thing is, if you can, in your marketing automation platform, you're going to want to include what's called a suppression list. So what that means is as somebody becomes part of their part of that lead magnet welcome sequence, if they're a first time subscriber, you should be able to designate them as a first time subscriber. And when you do send out your newsletter, you can exclude those people who are in that welcome sequence so that you gotcha. don't overwhelm them with con conflicted messaging because they don't know one is a newsletter and one is a welcome sequence, right? They have no idea in your mind. You have it perfectly laid out. <laughs> you made a mind map for it. You've got a, <laughs> yeah. a process chart and all this stuff. But yeah. to them, it's just an, another email from Paul, right? So what you're going to want to do is in your email system, say my newsletter or broadcast, whatever is going out to everybody except those that are in the first seven days of this welcome series. And then once they do get out of that welcome series, you can then move them into the broadcast list. Okay. And in that sequence of the welcome series, that's where the last message before you might move them over. It, that's when you might say, Hey, by the way, you know, uh, I'm going to start sending you tips and, and ideas. It's not uh, as fast of a path as my course or whatever, but I think you'll still find them valuable. And I want to hear from you. What do you want to hear from me? Um, and then, so then they know that that's coming up. So I don't spend too much time in those first three or four messages telling them, Hey, I've got a newsletter. You're going to start getting tips. I really want to focus on consuming that lead magnet and trying to buy the product I'm selling before I start trying to uh, warn them, <laughs> if you will, that they're going to start getting emails from me every week that might seem uh, a little bit uh, less focused than that welcome series is. Gotcha. And so you still, if they, uh, you can still keep them in, in the welcome series for the, the six month, the nine month and the 12 month, yep. but they're no longer a first time subscriber. And exactly. so, and that, and you could just tag them, segment them differently or tag them differently or whatever your automation platform, uh, however it works, uh, you can do that. Yeah. Right? Ideally you move them out of the welcome sequence into a new sequence. Oh, so okay. it might be like welcome sequences, this five email campaign, and then you move them into a new um, group or tag or segment of your list that says nurture. Um, and that would be where you'd have the 30, 90, 180, whatever types of days. Okay. Um, and if they do become a customer, they get pulled out of that nurture uh, sequence. Some of them will have never have seen it because they bought within that welcome series in the first place. Yeah. Um, and then also ideally, um, and we're not, I know we're talking about, <laughs> excuse me, 
I know we're talking a lot about email here um, and we'll <laughs> yeah. talk about landing pages and lead magnets in a minute, but, yeah. um, but I love this topic because, you know, email systems are very different in, in how they treat these things. But ideally uh, you would be sending out emails, even when you broadcast with blocks of text or content that is potentially different, whether they're a customer or not, even if it's the same email. Um, so right. We don't want to, I don't think we need to get in the weeds of that right now, but just know that no. a lot of platforms give you the, the ability to have the welcome message be for customers or for non-customers within the same email. And you can choose what to say um, for each one. Uh, you know, we're going to have to have you back on the show to talk about e more of this email <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so um, we touched up for a minute on social, how important it is, is to, uh, to take that social, um, audience that you have. Maybe a lot of times people say, well, I don't need a website. I've got this over here. Yeah. What what do I need a website for? Why do I need an email list? I got I got these, you know, 5,000 followers on Facebook and I got this group and this and that. And uh, so what's the importance there about uh, getting them into your email list? Can you talk about that? Yeah, I think this is such a critical conversation to have because I think we are living in an age, especially if you're in their 20s, that you think all you need is social. And yeah. for some of us old timers uh, that have been on the internet since uh, before 2010, uh, let's say, or even before 2000, <laughs> yeah. uh, where we remember doing front page uh, designs and, and doing BBS uh, dial-ups and such, um, yep. you have this ability to connect with people from all over the world on social. It's an amazing channel of marketing, but it yeah. is a channel of marketing. It is not a, a home for your marketing. Right, it is a way to get people to see you, to find out more about you. But your home online needs to be your own online presence, whether it's a website or just a series of landing pages, um, but something that you can control. And your email list is one of those assets that, although yes, you have it within a platform like an Active Campaign or Drip or Clavio or uh, Mailchimp, whatever, whatever, uh, you've got your home there. But you can download all those leads and bring them to another place. Yeah. You can't download all of your people from one social platform and then upload them to another. You don't have that kind of technical permission uh, or control uh, to be able to do so. And also, as you mentioned before, we chatted officially on this call, we have this yeah. interview on the lead generation podcast with Damon Brown. This is rented land that you're on, even though you're not paying for it, you're paying for it through your data and your activity and your attention and all this stuff. But at any point in time, I'm sure you've either experienced it or know people who've experienced it, your account can get shut down or your account can get restricted, right? So whether it's X or it's uh, TikTok or it's Facebook or it's Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, they can say no more to your account. They can yeah. also say no more for this platform, like hello, Google plus, right. <laughs> like or my, some, or my space, if you're my space <laughs> or friendster, that was one of my earliest yeah. uh, favorite social channels. Uh -huh. So you just don't know what other people's businesses are going to do to where you're not able to be visible anymore. But more importantly, um, this was a point that Brennan Dunn made on another episode of, the, of our podcast, the lead generation. <laughs> and he said that if I send a message on Twitter slash X, 5% of people on my following list might see it in the next hour and then nobody else will see it. And nobody like goes back through your feed and looks back, you know, 20 times or whatever. Instagram, Facebook, all these are algorithmically controlled attention things to drive ad revenue for the platform, right? Yeah. But if you send an email, 
everybody on your list will get it. Now they might not all open it. Some of it may be in the promotions tab or spam or whatever, but they all receive it. It's all part of that inbox feed and they can easily search for you if they need to go back and find it. And there's a better record of, of that. Right. Um, so that's yeah. really a critical piece of it. Um, and then the other really cool piece is when you talk on social, you're talking to everybody on your social channel with no ability to segment from one thing to another based on your relationship, right? Like Facebook can give you groups. I don't know how many people actually use those anymore, um, but it's still there. It's probably a pretty big thing, actually, the groups. No, I don't mean, I mean groups, but not groups within your friends list. Oh, right? oh gotcha. Gotcha. Like yeah. you can, you can make a group and have people join your group and that's great. And I encourage that's you to great. do that. But yeah. I mean, you post a message on your feed you can post it in a group if people had joined that, but there, there is this feature of like grouping your friends, yeah, but you can't yeah. just like, it's not that easy and people don't really use it. But with email, you can segment, Hey, people who signed up more than 30 days ago, send them this message. People that, you know, downloaded this specific lead magnet, send them this message. You can't do that with social. You're broadcasting and spraying and praying as they would say uh, to, to everybody. And that just, just doesn't make it as personal as, uh, as it should be. So a lot of right. reasons you focus and, and on. And the other thing is, is that when you, this. when you do a post, you, you can't say uh, this is for John. Uh, hey, John, I noticed you did this and right. you can do that in email. You can, you can exactly. personalize it to that degree. And it is, it is more personal. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked about landing pages and having one, but uh, I've read that there's some statistics out there from HubSpot, I believe it is, that uh, the more landing pages are the, that you have on your website, the more um, the more sales and more leads that you can attract. Yeah. So can you, do you have any statistics or can you talk about that? Yeah, that, that HubSpot report is very famous. We've used that for years and years and yeah. it continues <laughs> to prove out to continue to be the case. I like to call it marketing surface area, you know, where in science class, if you remember back in high school, the answer during, you know, a whole unit was basically surface area for every question. Yeah. Uh, so essentially you have all this, um, if you have one landing page, you're going to have just one gateway into your business, right? Yeah. When you have five or 10 HubSpot's thing was like 12 or more, the, the hockey stick like goes up. Yeah. So when you get to that 10 or 12 spot, hopefully those are 10 different lead magnets, or maybe it's the same lead magnet, but it's talking to 10 different groups of people yeah. about their specific challenge that the lead magnet might address all of them, you know, pretty well, but you want to always have as much specificity in your landing pages to the audience and the challenges that they're facing as you can. So with just one landing page, you're only going to be focused on that one group. The more landing pages you have, the wider your net gets cast. But everybody who sees the individual landing pages still thinks you're talking more directly to them, yeah. sees themselves reflected in your page. Uh, and that's really the, the key factor. Um, the other idea, too, is that you might have the same concept taught in different ways. So a person comes to your landing page one day. And they have a, they have the same exact challenge as person B comes a week later, but one of them sees an offer to watch a video and the other one sees an offer to get a checklist. And you don't know which of those two versions or which of those two offers for a free thing will resonate the best. And you don't know which one will convert the best on the front end, nor do you know which one will result in a better customer after they've joined your list, uh, but you can then test it out. When you have more than one landing page, you also have the ability to split test those ideas. So you can send mm. your traffic 
from your LinkedIn bio to your landing page and half the traffic will see one version and half the traffic will see the other. And mathematically then you can see which ones people are resonating with. And if that's the case, then you say, cool, more people want the video. So I'm going to put more of my energy and attention towards the video. You might see more people want the checklist initially, but the people who want the video are the ones that are signing up for your coaching calls or for wow. your programs, right? Right. So you, you don't know that information without the actual work <laughs> of putting out multiple lead magnets, testing out which ones convert both on the front end and on the back end, and then being able to say, this is what I want to focus on. By doing that, that's what's going to get your list building to accelerate really quickly. Okay, so then having multiple landing pages is a, is is one is a way to figure out which uh, lead magnet is going to resonate most with your with your audience, as well as which one's going to convert to a sale, right? right? That's right. And so that's the answer. And so how do there's lots of different types of lead magnets, and but you just told us how to how to select them. But what what are some of the most popular kinds of lead magnets uh, that uh, that you would start with for yeah. someone starting out? Yeah. So there's two things to, to think about first, and that is how well do they know you? So somebody who's coming out cold completely from a Facebook ad or some other Google ad or just SEO, or maybe they just came across your blog for the very first time, they don't know you at all. They don't trust you enough to spend a bunch of time with you to set aside time in their calendar. And so although you might think to yourself, hey, a consultation is super valuable, like who wouldn't want and yeah. a half an hour, an hour of my time, I charge 500 bucks an hour. This is super valuable, blah, blah, blah. They don't care. They don't know you yet. You have no credibility with them. Yeah. So that kind of person who's cold to you, they need something quick and easy and fast for them to consume. So that's where that checklist comes in. That's where the low commitment level too. Comes in. What's that? With a low commitment level, they don't want to commit a lot of their time. Exactly. They should yeah. feel value within five minutes of interacting with this landing page. So no 40 page ebook, right? No right. five email sequence. This has got to be something they can see, download, get value from and go, wow, that was really cool. I want more from this person. Yeah. Now on the flip side, somebody who's been on your social media for a while, hasn't been on your email list, but they see and interact with you and all this kind of stuff. They're a little bit more warmed up. And the people even who have joined your list or the cold traffic they might be well willing to do more of that commitment. And that's where a 10 minute video or a webinar or a 40 page ebook or something like that might make more sense um, to provide that next level of value. But th the idea that I see so many people make the mistake of is feeling like what they think is valuable is what their cold audience will think is valuable. They don't care about you at all. They care about themselves. Yeah. We care, all of us care about ourselves first and foremost, right? That's just the general human condition that we have. And Maslow's mm -hmm. hierarchy of needs, right? Right. So, um, you know, we've got a guide for you of 22 lead magnet ideas we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, where we break down like mathematically which ones convert the best and stuff. But ah. I want you to be conceiving first of that thought of, you know, when I want to promote this, do they know me? Is this a remarketing ad or is this a cold traffic ad? Or is this a, is this a link in bio landing page that I'm sending my social media following to? And then make the determination which one you want to focus on first. My recommendation is, the people who are warm to you already, even if you only have like 400 followers on social, start first with that landing page um, that you can drag them to, but still keep it simple and easy for them to consume, right? So I'm, I'm mentioning this to differentiate. 
but everybody loves quick and easy to consume, <laughs> right? Yeah. But before you spend any money on ads, before you spend uh, you know all this time developing really fancy stuff, test out on that warmer market, those simple, easy to do things, checklist, worksheet, um, Excel template or, or Google sheet template, um, G, uh, some kind of prompt for, for AI. Like there's yeah. all kinds of things you can do where it's like, I can get value from this within five minutes. That's what I want you to focus on first for your lead magnets. Yeah. And, and uh, dovetailing on that, you want to get, before you spend $1 on paid ads, unless you've got a, like a, a really big budget, you want to make sure that that, that that lead magnet, that funnel, that follow-up system is working and that you can measure it. Because once you start paying money for an ad, you've got to be able to measure that conversion to sale uh, so that you can pay for the ad and, and you can then you can scale it. But if you you have no idea, well, I just spend more money. Well, if you don't know what the return on your money is, you're going to yeah. run into problems. So you're going to waste money. Is basically what you're going to do. Now, right. we're uh, we're getting close to the um, to uh, our time. But um, do you have do you have a little bit more time? Yeah. Okay. You mentioned AI. Everyone's talking about AI. I use AI, generative AI for uh, for content every single day. In fact, uh, we we did, uh, one of my clients last night has a um, uh, a gift offer for, for, she's a sewing instructor and she has a three gifts that you can make in a weekend. It's for fun and kids. She wants to repurpose that for um, for um, the holidays. And, she, and so we we did the analysis on her, her, her uh, market because it's a different market. And we used chat GPT to do that. And we had chat GPT analyze once, once we uh, talked, told it about what our promotion was, we, we had it analyze her, her landing page and rewrite the copy for the landing page, which was amazing. So I know that you've got some tricks built into lead, uh, lead pages probably that uh, can help you a lot, but uh, let's talk about how AI can, can speed the process up, get you more leads and get you to that decision point quicker than, uh, the, than what we've been doing for the last couple of decades. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things in that, that I, I'd love to touch on quickly. Yeah. One is yes, at lead pages, we have an AI engine that will help you rewrite your headlines, uh, help you generate images, all this kind of stuff inside the builder. Uh, we also are active users personally of chat GTP and things like this. What I wanted to first and foremost say is that this is a tool to supplement your brain. This yeah. is not something that I want you to rely on to replace your ability to think because everybody can do that. Yeah. And in 2024, 25 and forward, the authentic, the authentic, uh, the authenticity, the authentic connections yeah. that you're making human to human, especially if you're serving clients directly in some form, whether it's workshops or boot camps or services, right? They, people are still going to want people. And there's going to be this like pendulum backswing of like down with the robots. I think mm -hmm. we're still going to need some support. Right. So I do want you to think of this as an accelerant, uh, as a brainstorming tool, as a partner, not as a replacement. Right. Now, Absolutely. that being said, yeah. I'll give you an example of some of a way I use it this week. So we had a new affiliate ask us, Hey, do you have a list of uh, like long tail keywords that might work well as an affiliate for us to write blog posts about? Mm. Or do you have some blog post titles? And my initial reaction was like, you're a marketer. You should know how to do that sort of thing, right? Why <laughs> should I do that for you? Then I thought, well, let's see how it works. So uh, I'll go to ChatGPT. I wrote out a prompt that was basically, hey, I, 
I want to support entrepreneurs who do X, Y, and Z for themselves. They need to learn about lead generation. Uh, I want to sell to them eventually landing page software, lead pages. I want to do this, this, and this. Um, what are some, you know, good SEO focused long tail keywords that I could have provide a list of 10 <clears throat> done, right? Five seconds took me a minute to think of the prompt, uh, to craft it really nicely. Sometimes you prompt and then you have to, you know, do a second and third iteration, take action and revise later. Right. Of course. Yeah. Uh, and then the next one was like, okay, great. Now that you have that, uh, help me come up with 10 blog post titles that would help support those long tail keywords <clears throat> done. Now yeah. you have a list. Now it's not a perfect list. So you have to edit it. You have to revise it. You have to maybe shift which one's a better priority based on your knowledge of your field. Right. And so that's what I did. But within four minutes or less, I think I was able to respond back to someone who initially I thought, why am I doing this work for you to over, over serving them and saying like, we don't <laughs> normally do this, but Here's uh, something to get you started with. So when it comes to a landing page or it comes to your lead magnet ideas, you can say to them, look, I want to solve this problem for this group of people. Remember those five questions I told you earlier on today? Yeah. Uh -huh. Put the same questions in the chat BT and say, um, what are five different uh, ways I could do that? What are what are five different like headlines? And then as you come up with that headline list from ChatGPT, you can say to that in your own brain, okay, which one of these would make a good video? Which ones of these would make a good email series? Which one of these would be a checklist? Which ones of these would be some kind of a template or something like that? And, and you just use it as that partner in brainstorming and you come away with some really, really great ideas and you do it so fast. Um, and so those are the couple of the ways I would encourage you to, to, to work with it when it comes to thinking about your lead generation efforts. Well, and the cool thing that you just mentioned with the uh, helping the affiliate going, going above and beyond, uh, that gave you ideas and what you can do 100%. For, for you, what you can put on, on your uh, content calendar. Uh, Cause there's, I'm sure there was some things on there that, that said, wow, I hadn't thought of that. And I teach chat GPT to tell me things that I might not have thought of. I, I have some custom instructions that you can do to, mm -hmm. uh, to help, fine tune so you don't always have to prompt it uh yeah. add, and remember to prompt it in a certain way uh and you can i had a fun a fun conversation last night when we were doing the sewing thing uh chat gpt was using my my humor uh and humor uh interacting with us so we were having a, a conversation which is what you're doing so it made it a lot a lot of fun so custom instructions are are cool and they can help you uh be even more uh more productive so that's that's cool. So uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes that business owners are making uh, using this marketing automation? Uh, one is just doing it without thinking. <laughs> like they're trying to get away with planning the hey. speed, right? And again, you have to be able to stand out. So if everybody's using these tools and they're all based on the same large language model, they're going to spit out very common things and mm -hmm. Google is going to look at it and penalize you for all saying the same thing. So not adjusting it to your own uh, ability and, and, and ability to interpret, right? Um, so if you're an expert and a true expert in an area in your field, you can lean in on um, using a tool like ChatGPT, but always put your spin on it. Don't leave it as is and then release it. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the second mistake is not using it at all, right? There's a bunch of Luddites that are still saying like, I don't want to deal with this at all. Yeah. And you know, that's cool if you've got the time, but your speed of production, uh, you know, really increases quickly when you're using tools like this. It's just like, yeah, you can do times tables and you can add up a column of seven different numbers on a page, but you know, calculators, you kind of got used to doing that faster, even though, you know, your brain can do it. 
doing it faster helps you be more productive. So, you know, you mentioned being productive and tackling your tech. I mean, one of the yeah. best ways to do that is using shortcuts in technology, um, but doing it in right. a very thoughtful human, uh, human kind of way. Yeah. And, and again, like to, just to reiterate, uh, you, you don't want to rely on, you want to use chat GPT or any of the AI tools that you're using. There's a ton of them out there. There's even more, uh, you want to make sure that um, that your voice is is the one that's heard, uh, and using unleashed and and elevate and and uh, those kinds of words that you don't or any any of those words you may use unleashed. I've used mm -hmm. unleashed uh, on my mind mapping product, yeah. uh, mind mapping unleashed, uh, which is ten or twelve years old. You don't want to. You want to make sure that your voice is heard, and uh, it's easy to do. I wouldn't talk that way. So go go change it so that it would be your way. You can still keep the idea or say, no, nah, I would never think of that idea or that just doesn't suit my my uh, my education level, my communication style. You know, you've got to make it so that people believe and trust in you. And so, that's right. and that's, that's what we're using it for. We're using it uh, in a lot of ways. We're using it for creating content and communications and things. And so if it doesn't sound like you, don't use it. Yeah. Can I give yeah. you a secret tip that we're we're doing right now uh, sure. at Pages? Uh, so we have uh, Wistia as our video platform of choice. Yeah. And Wistia has built in a transcriber now. And oh, so yeah. it'll transcribe your video and does a really good job. And you can also like preload some terms so that, you know, lead pages is always written the right way and not separated or whatever. Well, when you download the transcript from Wistia, it gives you an SRT file. And SRT right. files, what you need for transcripts, right? With timestamps. Uh -huh. I'm sure you know that, but for, captions. <laughs> for your audience. Captions, yeah. Um, but you can take that SRT text and and I, what we're doing is we're putting it into chat GPT. Yep. And we're saying, hey, translate this into German uh, and keep uh -huh. it informal and keep the same timestamps. And within a matter of seconds, <laughs> we have a German caption, and then we do it for Spanish. And then, you know, we're doing it for whatever languages that we're trying to market to uh, in our ad campaigns or whatever. Uh -huh. And so now when people come to the video on a landing page or on a uh, whatever blog post, or whatever, they have the option now of using these multilingual subtitles where before that would cost you two bucks a minute of video at least to get the transcript in the first place. And then another, you know, a couple bucks per minute of transcribing to do the, the foreign language. Um, and the models have gotten so good that if you say mm -hmm. informal or formal or write this as a fifth grader or whatever, like it knows how to do that. And it spits out a really good um, result. Now, of course you still want to go back and review it. People are forgiving yeah. with captions if, you know, there's a, a thing or two that might be a mistake. Um, but the process of that has gotten so fast and easy um, that you're able to, to really make more accessible your content online, especially when it comes to translating. Um, and especially that it keeps the timestamps so that you can re-upload oh. it and it becomes a caption file without having to do the extra legwork is really nice. That's great. You know, the other thing you can do with, uh, with the transcription uh, and I've seen uh, some of my guests that have been on the show. Uh, Brittany Long was uh, I learned this from. Uh, she she actually uh, does her videos. She does a lot of training videos. She'll she'll re she'll record using Loom or something. She'll record the step by step that needs to be done, and then she'll she'll feed that to the chatbot and say, "Use my tone and style." So you can mm -hmm. actually. When you're doing these videos, and, and we're doing one right now, this will be transcribed. We can say, use my style when we're describing this interview with Bob. 
Yeah. And, and that's what I do uh, at the end of the show when I create my show notes and things like that. Uh, but you can do that too, to help train the chat bot to talk in your style, to write and tone in your style. So I think we're at the top of the hour, Bob. Thank you so much. This has been, uh, this has been a great, we might have to come back and talk about, about email. I think yeah. uh, you, you've, you've got so much experience in that area. Uh, being, being at lead pages, uh, you've get a lot of uh, feedback from customers and things. That's, that's, uh, that's really, really valuable to, uh, to helping entrepreneurs get, uh, get more out of their leads and their lead gen. So, as we wrap up with your final words, what are three things that our listeners can do today to put these options or these ideas into action? Yeah. So the first thing I would say, Paul, is make a list of five lead magnets that you think your audience would resonate with. And you can, again, use different tools to do that, but make five lead magnet ideas. Just write them down. You don't have to make the lead magnet, just make five. Right. Then do some kind of customer research through social media, through your email list, if you have one, through just talking to colleagues and say, you know, I'm thinking about making these, you know, one of these five and giving it away for free sometime in the next 30 days, which one would be the most appealing to you? And then the third was take that response and make that lead magnet, put it on a landing page, connect it to your email system and start telling people about it. And ideally, when people do sign up for it, have a way for them to share it. So on the thank you page, one thing we didn't talk about was having share buttons on the thank you page oh. so that when people find it valuable, they can share a link. And at Lead Pages, you can make a share button that shares the opt-in page, not the thank you page. Yeah. Because if you're using WordPress, it's just going to share the WordPress page that the thing is on. So using right. <laughs> something like Lead Pages, you can direct people back. Um, so yeah. make your list. Survey your your audience to see which ones uh, which one would be the most appealing, and then go make it, uh, and then repeat the process. Right uh, as step four, you know, revise later. Yeah, take action and revise later, or rinse and repeat, which is what I love yeah. to say. So thanks again, uh, Bob has offered a uh, a special special gift: twenty two lead magnet ideas to kickstart your lead generation. Get this free guide, and, and when you're ready. Go ahead and start a free trial at Lead Pages. Uh, you can get that at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com forward slash 22 ideas. That's 22 ideas. Uh, www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com forward slash 22 ideas. And remember, faith and action go hand in hand. So put the pedal to the metal until next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show. I'm Paul Guyon and Bob. Sparkins, thanks, Bob, the teacher. Thanks so much for be for coming on. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, Paul. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.